0: Alright, go ahead and turn it over to Genesis 32. This morning we're going to talk about growing in your character. Uh, but before we get there, I want to give a special welcome to some disciples with us from the Inland Empire Ministry out here with family. I want to introduce Laura and Arturo Cabrera uh, from Inland Empire. They are right there. Great to have you here with us. It's awesome. You know, we all have character. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But, you know, what? what's your character? Your character is kind of the sum total of your habits. It's, it's who you are as a man or a woman when no one else is around. Because you can behave in the right way when you know people are ro- watching you. That's not really your character. That's just... You know, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm going to act right when I'm being watched. You know, your character is just kind of, what's your spontaneous action? What's your first thought? What's your, what's your behavior? What's your mode of living life? That's your character. And God's goal for each one of us is for our character to grow and to change and become like the character of his son Jesus. And so, you know, it's a never-ending process because we never arrive. There's always room for growth. You know, so some sermons you think, well, maybe this isn't going to apply to me. This one that applies to all of us because we can always grow in our character. In Genesis chapter 32, we're going to look at Jacob. Jacob had had a pretty eventful life and and it was going to continue to stay eventful. Uh, He had all different kinds of things. He started being named the deceiver. He deceived his brother out of his birthright, deceived his dad out of his older brother's blessing. You know, he was a trickster. He wasn't upfront about how he lived his life. The underhanded approach, he would say yes to your face, but then go behind your back and connive and, and work the system to get what he wanted. Well, God didn't like that aspect of his character. You know, God said, hey, I want to use you. So we got to sharpen up some of your character flaws. So God says, "Okay, now's the time. So Jacob is now married as multiple wives, concubines, kids. And that's not good to do. uh, But that's another lesson. And now he's on his way back home. And he's going to meet his brother, the one that he swindled out of the birthright, swindled out of the blessing. And now he's about to see him face to face. It's been about 20 years since they've seen each other. So we pick it up in chapter 32, verse 1. We're going to read down verse 12. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. They probably look like traffic cops. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named the place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my master Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I've been staying with Laban and remain there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep, goats, manservants, maidservants, and now I'm sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in his eyes, the messengers returned to Jacob. They said, we went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you. And four hundred men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God, of my father Abraham, God, of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I'm unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you've shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed the Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I'm afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Point number one, recognize the camp of God. You know, he's cruising. He's on his way back to meet his brother. He's going back to his homeland. and it says, and the angels met him. And what did he say? This is the camp. Of God. Well, you go, of course he would know that. I mean, the angels met him. I mean, he'd have to be, you know, pretty dense to not realize that God was right there. Well, maybe you remember a little earlier in his life over in chapter 28. And he has a dream. And he sees the angels ascending and descending. And what was his response there in verse 16? Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. You know, I think Jacob is a lot like you and me. How aware are you of God in your life? I'm not talking about when things are going well. Because when things are going well, all of us are aware of God working in our life, right? Our prayer life is awesome. God, thank you. You're blessing me. Life is great. But what about when you are in great fear and distress? You know, one thing to Jacob's credit is he stayed at the camp of God. And he had a couple prayers going. And you can see him trying to work this out. Oh, no. Esau is going to kill me. He may kill the women. He may kill the kids. Why? Why? Because he's mad at me, because I stole his blessing, I stole his birthright. Yeah, you know, consequences of sin are that way. And Jacob is terrified about what he's about to experience. But he stayed at the camp of God. And where's your camp of God? Where is it? You know, we all have one. We have our special places that we know we can connect with God when we go there. Are you going there? Like, it'd be kind of silly if Jacob said, this is the camp of God and I'm terrified. So I'm going to go somewhere else. You go, well, where, where else might he go? Well, I wrote down a list of places. He could go to LAX because maybe he just wants to get away. You ever feel like that? Where do you want to be? Anywhere but here. You know, sometimes we don't even go anywhere physically. We just go there in our head and our heart. It's called detached land. Maybe you call it whateverville. Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I don't want to hear it. Turn off the phone. Quit looking at the computer. Ignorance is bliss. I just, I'm not going to go there. You know, that's just, I want to get away. You know, you could camp at the camp of God. But maybe you go to LAX to get away. Maybe you go to Hollywood. I just need to be entertained. That's what it is right now. I'm in great fear. What I need is more entertainment into my life. And if I can just be entertained enough, then I won't have to think about my problems anymore. You know, so you have a choice. You could go to Hollywood or you could hang out at the camp of God. You know, how about Venice Beach? You could go there. Say, you know, what's at Venice Beach? A lot of freaky people. So why would we go to Venice Beach? Will we do that when we choose to go to freak out land instead of the camp of God. Just this emotional, reactive, ah, land. That's, you know, we're just going to Venice Beach. Go stay at the camp of God. It's a better place to hang out. What else? How about Staples Center? You know what's going on at Staples Center? Lakers. This is to pull the men in right here. Clippers. LA Kings. It's just sports. Just watch ESPN, and then you don't have to deal with anything. Just enjoy sports. I pull pull the men in right there. Here's another place you could go: Randy's Donuts. Anybody here been to Randy's Donuts? I love Randy's Donuts. Okay, man. Only a few of you have been to Randy's Donuts, or only a few of you are willing to be honest about going. Okay, it's, it's the big donut that you see on the movies. It's Yeah, it's like Manchester and La Cienega right there, the 405. Oh, I've eaten there shamelessly many times. And I would just say this there is zero nutritional value in a Randy's donut. You will feel like you ate a brick. But say, but then why would you go there? Because it tastes good. And to go to Randy's Donuts spiritually instead of camping at the camp of God, that is the self-indulgent lifestyle. It's all about me. There's no nutritional value spiritually in what I'm doing, but it's all about me. I'm afraid. I'm scared. And so it just needs to be all about me. You know, maybe you're there. Maybe you go to the 405 during rush hour. What's 405? Anger, impatience, and frustration. That's what's on the 405 at rush hour. You know, maybe you go there. You go, now, why would you go on the 405 during rush hour if you have a choice? Yeah, do you ever wonder that? Why did I react that way? Did it ever help? You're like, when's the last time getting mad at somebody on the 405 who cut you off, changed your commute at all? Did it get you there faster? Did it make you feel better the rest of the drive? Never. So why do we do it? Why not go to the camp of God? Stay off the 405 at rush hour, spiritually. You know, maybe we go to Disneyland. What's at Disneyland? It's all about the kids. I'm going to ignore everything, and I'm just going to focus on my kids. I will make them the center of my universe. That's where all my value will come from, and I will ignore everything else. And so if I feel great about my kids, then I don't have to worry about what's going on in my life. And finally, where's the last place you might go in the camp of God? Casino Morongo. (laughs) You know the ad? Go, go, go. Morongo. Yes, you know the ad. say, well, why would I go there? Because that's your chance to get rich. You know, if, if, if you're just like scared, just devote yourself to money and career and you'll be fine. You don't have to think about anything else. Just completely absorb yourself. You know, we have a choice of where we camp out. Where are you camped out right now? What's going on in your life? Are you at the place where you know you can connect with God? Or have you said, no, I'm not parking there. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. It's a choice. You know what? The one thing Jacob did well right here is he stayed at the camp of God. Now, you're going to see in just a little bit, all the old patterns weren't worked out of him yet. But the camp of God is the place where you can deal with those things. You go to some other place, it just reinforces what's already there. Where are you camped out in your life right now? What are you connected to? Is it God? Do you walk with him daily? You know, if you're not walking with him daily, you are not at the camp of God. Any day that we choose not to pray and read our Bible, we've... You know, towed our fifth wheel, and we've parked it somewhere else. Jacob was able to grow in his character because he made the decision to stay at the camp of God. You know a prayer I prayed with my uh, oldest son? prayer I never thought I'd pray. Here's the prayer. God, I pray that my dad has melanoma cancer that has the BRAF mutation. You say, would you ever think that you would pray a prayer that would involve the words. I pray that he has melanoma. And then with the BRAF mutation, because that's my dad's situation right now. He had melanoma six months ago. They removed it, thought they got it all. A lump came back two weeks ago. They had surgery. It's malignant, spread to the lymph nodes. There's a tumor inside of him. They're not sure what it's all about. And right now, the only good news is that about half the population has a certain mutation. And if he happens to have that mutation, then they have medication that works. So tomorrow morning at 8.30 Iowa time, they meet and find out. So it's been kind of a stressful time, and all I can think about is Monday. You know, and I keep praying this prayer, God, help it to have this mutation. Help it to have this mutation. And it's like... It's kind of an odd prayer. But you know what? There's just times where you just have to stay in the camp of God because you're saying odd prayers, but you're working things out and you're not sure how it's going to be. And you don't know. I don't know what I'm going to hear tomorrow. And you're probably going through stuff and you don't know what you're going to hear. You don't know how it's going to work out. But don't leave the camp of God. Because that's the only place where you can deal with it. You now, the second stage of the journey here, we're going to read on verse uh, thirteen to twenty-seven. It says he spent the night there. From what he had uh, with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau: two hundred female goats, twenty male goats, two hundred ewes, and twenty rams. 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, To whom do you belong and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you, then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are gifts sent to my lord Esau. And he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third and the others who followed the herds. You're to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him and be sure to say your servant Jacob is coming behind us, for he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I'm sending on ahead later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When The man saw he could not overpower him. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man said, Let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name, Jacob? He answered. We're going to stop there. So he's having his prayer time, but then what's he do? He devises this scheme. So he gets like two or three of these groups, hundreds of animals, and he sends them in stages. And he says, okay, when Esau meets you, you say, hey, these are gifts for you. And and he even tells us, here's what he's thinking. He said, um... You know, hopefully these are going to pacify him. Don't you love that? In verse 24, he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I'm sending on ahead later. He thought, and it's recorded for us to see what he was thinking. God knows what we're thinking. And when we act a certain way and we say certain words. God knows exactly what is in our heart at that moment in time. For Jacob, it was just written for us to see. Here's here's what the guy was thinking. What was he doing here? He was trying to work the system. It was his old patterns, and that's point number two. Recognize old patterns. We have go-to methods in our life. This is the way we try and work the system. This is the way we get what we want. This is the way we approach a problem. We come face-to-face with the problem. You can either do it with God, or we can do it our other ways. What's your go-to patterns? Do you have any sinful habits? You know, I think about what it says in verse 21. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him. You know, Jacob was one of those guys that just thought any problem that's created I can solve. I will escape the consequences. I will work it. And Satan tries so hard to sell us that same bill of goods. High school students, college students, do not buy into that lie. I'll repent later. I'll get spiritual later. You may not have that opportunity just this weekend in Santa Clarita. Two people killed on motorcycles, young. You wonder if they thought, I'll repent later? We don't have later. Later's not guaranteed. What you have is an opportunity right now. You know, I appreciate so much Ron Lacari studying the Bible. He's ready to get baptized tomorrow night. You know, Ron is an avid fisherman. That's not where he makes his living. He does that in the, uh, the movie industry. Weapons. Now that is every guy's dreams. There is a job for that. That's awesome. Anyway, fishing. So <laughs> Ron has been a part of this fishing club for about eight years and fish tournaments every weekend. Fish on Saturday. Fish on Sunday. Well, the club tournaments are on Sunday. Always wanted to win the club championship in fishing. But the way it works is it's point totals. How'd you do in this tournament? And then they add it to how you do this tournament. Well, now he we starts studying the Bible. Guess what place he is after eight years? And it's an annual thing. He's in first place right now. So... Now, yeah, well, you can can clap later here. You know what? He's not going to win the championship. But he was in first place when he gave up trying to win the championship. And that's what's awesome. Because in order for him to be here at church with us on Sundays, he had to say no to his dream of winning the championship. So when Ron's at church on Sunday, it means he said no to fishing. An eight-year goal and dream that he was on his way of achieving. And then he had to make a choice. And as, uh, I don't know if he put it this way or Mike put it this way, Mike Forslan, Hey, there's still six other days of the week to fish. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. That's why God's blessed his life and the changes that are going on in his family and his house and just who he is as a man. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Why? Because he's he's willing to stay at the camp of God. You know what? Not everybody's gonna feel great about it when you say no to wherever they're living, and you say no, I'm gonna be at the camp of God. Oh, you don't need to be at the camp of God. You need to be here. This place is more fun, this is more exciting. This is more fulfilling. And then you listen to all the people you go to work or school with or in your neighborhood talking about, you know, what they did over the weekend, you know, in all those other cities where you can live other than the camp of God. And it can sound attractive. But if you're going to weed out the old bad habits, it's only going to happen at the camp of God. Yeah, what what are our bad habits? Maybe it's anger. It's our go-to method. We want something, we just get angry. and We bully our way through the situation. Maybe it's emotional, you know, manipulation. I will be so sad and distraught until you give me what I want. Basically, I will pout. You know, grown adults pout. How do you think our kids learn it? Maybe it's alcohol. Drugs. Some of the most abused drugs were prescribed by a doctor. Maybe it's just, I'll avoid everything. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to my own world. You know, the angel starts wrestling with Jacob. And 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 think about what he says in verse 27. He says, what is your name? Now, this is kind of one of those questions like when, when God asked Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned. Hey, Adam, where are you? Like, was it because God didn't know where he was? Hey, I've lost you. Uh, where are you? No, it was one of those. Where are you? What are you doing? This is one of those. He says, what's your name? Who are you? You know what Jacob had to say? You know what my name is? Deceiver. That's my name. He didn't ask it because he didn't know it. He asked him because he wanted Jacob to own it. He wanted to recognize it. You know, the saddest thing, I mean, Nate shared about this in his own life is reaping the the consequence of sin after sin after sin, and instead of just owning it, getting a new, 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 new plan. This time it will work. No, because you're the common denominator. Are you aware of your patterns? Are clued out? I remember studying the Bible. When I first started, I was absolutely clued out to who I was. I thought I was spiritual. I thought I was knowledgeable. thought I had deep convictions, a lot of opinions. wasn't afraid to talk about it. And it took me a number of Bible studies. You say, Ron, you know, what's your name? Well, impure, immoral, prideful, self-reliant, conflict-avoider, Angry, food-loving, put security in my accomplishments. That's who I am. You see, and then once I could say that, now God can do His part. But see, a lot of times we want to get to God's part. But until we own who we are, the transformation isn't going to occur. Some of us, we want to fight who we are. Some of us, who, who we are has caused too much pain, so I don't want to have to go there. But until we can say, here's my name, here's who I am, the angel can't give you a new name. You know, as soon as Jacob says, I'm Jacob... Then, verse 28, it says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you struggle with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. He replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place uh, Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. I love this part. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. Who went first this time? Jacob. Now the angel gave him a new name. He said, no, no longer are you a deceiver. You're an overcomer. Because you struggled with God and men and you overcame. I'm giving you a new name. Hey, since you acknowledge who you are, let me tell you my vision for you say, what a transformation. Before, he's working it. Okay, here's all the gifts. I'm going to send them in stages. And here's what you say. And I'm going to do this and that. And the other thing, angel gives him a new name. He goes, I'm going first. His character changed. You know, and Jacob lives his life differently from this moment. You know, one of the things I love here is, you know, the angel's like, what's your name? You need to own it. And then Jacob's like, oh, yeah, well, what's your name? Handel's like, don't give me that. I'm the angel, and you're not. I'm not answering your question, but I'll bless you. He's like, hey, I gave you a new name, but don't get prideful about it and think that we're on level terms here. But he struggled with God and overcame. The rest of his life, he walked with the limp. But it was a worthwhile limp. And you know, if you're going to change your character, you may walk with a limp the rest of your life. But I'd rather be like Christ and limp than walk just fine and abandon those values. So you have a choice to make this morning in your character. So where are you going to camp out? You're going to be with God? Stay there. They go, well, I was there. I was there yesterday, but I wasn't there this morning. Time to go back and visit. If you got scary things going on, then you definitely need to stay there. I'd spend a few nights there because you need it. Say, so once you're there, you start working on those old patterns. Don't be afraid to own it. Once you own it is when the transformation can occur. Point number three is recognize who you are. Really, the the long title is recognize who you are in God's eyes. You see, God's vision of us is not the man or woman that you are now. He loves you just the way you are right now. But God has a vision that will blow our minds. And if we just own up now, the transformation is waiting. I pray, if you're studying the Bible and your character's been challenged, grow in your character. Listen, God's vision is waiting. If you're already a disciple, God reveals character changes that need to be made in stages. He said you didn't become that way. God's just chosen now to be the time to reveal the way you've always been. So grow in your character. Stay there and work it out. Recognize those patterns. And then recognize who you are in God's sight. Hang on to that angel. Wrestle. till they give you the new name. And let the transformation happen. Let's make the decision to grow every day in our character. Amen. Let's stand as we close in one final song.